Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. And this is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. And it's so good to see you, Miss Hawaii. I know. I I, I literally almost forgot where I was. <laughs> like when you woke up <laughs> When this I was morning. saying that. Oh. <laughs> no, like when I was saying that, I was like, say St. Louis, say St. Louis. <laughs> she is so jet lagged, my friends. <laughs> you are doing great. <laughs> I literally have gotten four hours of sleep. <laughs> At this point, we we traveled home from Hawaii. Thanks for thinking of me all week long, uh-huh. <laughs> 10 days. <laughs> um, and it was an awesome trip. The whole trip was amazing. It was like beyond anything I could have ever imagined because I've never been to Hawaii and there was just so many things. And I could literally probably talk a whole 30 minutes about everything we did. So I'm not going to do that for you guys. But I am going to tell you our travel home story because that was rough. Okay. I've not so, heard this, by the way. Yeah, no, I didn't even give you a preview. Nope. <laughs> so we traveled yesterday, left, our flight was at 7.30 in the morning, Hawaii time. And so, um, and we were supposed to get home at midnight this time, like local okay. time. So it was going to be a long day in general. It's 12 hours of travel time with a layover, essentially. And so, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> and but we had been told to go to the airport like super early because Maui was experiencing like three hour lines. But we had heard that that was more during the day. So we didn't go three hours in advance, thankfully. And there was no lines when we got there. But it was still an early morning for us. And um, went smoothly, got on the first plane. But I had been watching the weather here in St. Louis because I saw it was going to be like crazy storms. And I was like watch, literally watching it the day before and watching it because I'm like, what if we don't get home? Like, what if we can't fly in? Because when oh. we fly in is when like the meat of it was going to happen. And it was like strong, gusty winds, severe storms, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I, me, I'm not, I'm a nervous traveler mm-hmm. to begin with. She totally is. And friends. so, <laughs> yeah. So I was like panicking about it. So anyway, we get to Phoenix is where our layover was and get something to eat. And immediately I see that it's like 10 minutes delayed. And I was like, okay, that's okay. But you know, like in my head, I start, and even Emery's was like, this is going to be a rolling delay. It's going to like keep being pushed out, pushed out, pushed out. And then you're going to kind of have the possibility of like, oh, well, the staff's like time is going to time out and they're not going to be able to fly, you know, because if they're okay. just sitting on an airplane, yes. you know what I'm saying? So this is all, and lately with all of that stuff happening right. for flights, I, this is where our heads go. Oh gosh, I can so, imagine that you were like paced in the airport. <laughs> I wish I was pacing the airport because my legs were so swollen. I should have been pacing the airport. Um, anyway, so I, like we predicted, it kept getting pushed back, pushed back. Like literally in five minutes, it went from like 15 minutes to like 45 minutes. Oh. Late. It just kept going like 10 minutes at a time. And so then um, all of a sudden, I, and I had tracked the flight coming in. I was like, well, is that plane on the way? And it was. And so then... It arrived, and then all of a sudden we got pushed back another hour. So it was like two hours delayed. No, and so we're just like sitting there, like what, three children what do we do with three kids. They, I mean, they were fantastic, by the way. So we get finally they they board, and we get on the plane, but we're not supposed to arrive until one thirty in the morning. That's our. <laughs> flight. Okay. So I was like, okay, we're not going to get home till two, blah, blah, blah. Or a little after because we checked all of our bags. 
So anyway, they say it's going to be really, really bumpy. So I'm also panicking about that. But that ended up not being that bad. So thankfully, that they spared me with that. Um, but when we land, it's like 1.45, almost 2. And we get into the gate. We get down to the baggage claim. And <laughs> nothing, nothing forever. I thought, I texted you because, well, you were probably sleeping, but I texted you. I was like, we're not going to get home till three in the morning. Cause I was thinking it's one forty-five two. By the time we get our bags, mm-hmm. get our car, drive home, it'll be three, right. almost three. So bags start coming out and there's a ton of flights coming in. Cause the weather was so bad here that everyone just waited until it, they knew it was going to be out of the area. So those, all these flights were coming in at the same right. time that were delayed. So there's like this baggage claims got this one, then this one. And we're all just like, Where, is ours coming out? Never see anything about Phoenix. So we're like, oh my gosh. Literally, Emery went to get the car. We sat there and sat there and sat there. I sat there with the three kids in the baggage claim. Nothing. Finally, bags start coming out, but on a different... Um, Conveyor belt? Carousel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then than what we had thought. So everyone's like, our flight's like, woo, we like all run over there. Bags start coming out. I get one, two, three bags, fourth bag, nothing. And the thing's just going and going. Oh, I forgot to mention that it had been like 30 or 40 minutes before they even started coming down. And they had just made an announcement that we had a code red and we weren't able to get any of the bags out. So we're just assuming that meant something about like they couldn't travel on the tarmac to like get our bags like to the terminal, but they never explained it. So anyway, so it had been like 40 minutes before we even started getting the bags. And I got all three and I was like, yes, told Emery. I'm like, got three out of four. You can come around and get us, blah, blah, blah. 30 minutes later, (gasps) that last bag. Oh my gosh. Because, mm -hmm, because all of a sudden they go, they make an announcement. They're like, oh, we have a jam on carousel one. All of bags will be coming out now on carousel two. So we go run back over to the other carousel and we sit there Two other flights come in. We like oh literally gosh. are watching bags. Like holy nightmare. <laughs> yes. And there's probably like 10 or 15 of us that are still standing there from like our flight. Like, what the heck? Well, guess what? It was our bags that were in the jam on Carousel oh, 1. Oh, no. So then when Carousel 1 got fixed, You're they came out on Carousel You couldn't get your bag even because it was jamming everything. Of course. That sounds like... That you guys uh, sound like my luck on vacation, like getting COVID, <laughs> getting canceled, all these things. Like, it's not oh, the, this is such... not our, we are not like hot girl summer. <laughs> no, <laughs> because, no, like, we're like cursed girl summer. Yes, it's the truth. <laughs> Lord, I'm glad you're but home. Anyway, I mean, we're glad you're yes, home. Yes. So, got home finally at 3 30 in the morning and, you know, cl- we went to bed as quickly as we could, but of course the dog's excited to see us. Oh, Lord. Well, you know, so, yeah, but it was ultimately the best trip in the world, <laughs> except for when we came home. <laughs> so anyway, sorry that that took a minute. <laughs> That's crazy. Curse girl summer. Put it on a shirt. <laughs> Speaking of shirts really quick. I know this was long, but I wanted to mention that we do have the serial killer September merch shirt on our site and it's coming up. And I think if you order it now, you probably will get it in September. So if you guys want to do that, that'd be cool. And you can get your shirt and take a picture to gear up for Mm -hmm. serial killer September because it's coming. But 
I have a story that's not a serial killer if we want to talk about that. <sighs> I mean, sure. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> Here it comes. I might fall asleep. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> it's coming. Okay. How are you going to take this case is what I'm wanting to know. I'm really curious. Me too. I I mean, because we just like, you know, give each other like little tidbits as we're like going through our cases. Mm -hmm. And so it's like we like hang a carrot. Yeah, for the other. And then just like, hmm, I wonder what this is about. We totally do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we're going back to Georgia. Oh, shocking. I <laughs> tell you, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Mm-hmm. This is a suggestion from our friends over at Crime and Roses. Podcast. Oh, yay. So thank you, ladies. And for today's episode, we are going to be in Douglasville, Georgia. Douglasville. What do we know about Douglasville? It's in Douglas County. Okay. Which Douglasville is a suburb of Atlanta. It's considered, what's that called? The Atlanta metro area. It's in that. What's it near? Besides like Atlanta. I don't know. It's (laughs) in Douglas County. All I looked was how it's just 20 minutes outside of Atlanta. So I think Atlanta, like what else is there around there? It's like all Atlanta is one big area right but like in my head i'm thinking like well i know where marietta is and Kansas oh. is you know and like they're just outside of atlanta too and whatever so i didn't know if, where doesn't matter yeah. I, i'm so visual i like to like see where i, it is. I need to be <laughs> night better about like giving you these specifics so sorry but i don't know today and this isn't to be a shorter case for us but and honestly i started to do it at one point and then i was like i just can't i don't think i can get enough info to make this a full episode, and I came back to it just because it's just wait. <laughs> like, okay. it just needs mm-hmm. to be covered. So, okay. It's just such a nightmare. And it's not covered at all. Like, at all. Really? And, and I can't believe it. I can't believe it's not more widely known. Anyway. Well, then it's perfect for us. Well, it's true. It's really, really mm-hmm. like, it's. it was so hard to find info. But anyway, and the people at Crime and Roses sent me a couple articles, which helped a lot, actually. So, Thanks to them. Mm -hmm. This is the case of Bobby Tillman. I mean, you're not. No, I know you've never heard of it. So, okay. Okay. Bobby Maurice Tillman Jr. was born on August 1st of 1992. He lived with a single mom named Monique Rivard. And he had one sister named Fashiony. Oh, isn't that pretty? Yeah, it is. She's Mm -hmm. pretty too. The three of them were very close, very close-knit family, as you can imagine. This, you know, single mom with these two kids, like, living outside of Atlanta. They just were, like, teammates. And he's especially close with his mom. Growing up, they had a really sweet relationship, and she calls him her best friend. And I believe it because I saw a lot of home videos and pictures and interviews and like they seem they have a really sweet relationship. Mm -hmm. Bobby was very smart. He was very gentle and loving. He was soft spoken, super handsome, beautiful eyes. 
Like, Mm. wait till you see the picture. He graduated from Chapel Hill High School in Douglasville in 2010 and was attending Perimeter College. I think that's how you say it. Perimeter or Perimeter. I mean, Perimeter is better. (laughs) So that's in Decatur, Georgia, but it's affiliated with Georgia State University. Okay. So it's like Mm -hmm. a part of Georgia State, just like a little. Bulldogs? Yeah. We have friends that went to Georgia State. They're huge. Yeah, I have one too. You do? Um, He also had plans to attend law school. So big goals. Bobby loved basketball. Loved it. Everything about it. His favorite player was LeBron James. And Mm. he was like fully immersed in basketball. Like it was like his life. Mm -hmm. He was not very big. He was only 5'6". And 125 pounds. So he couldn't like play basketball really past like a high school level. So he was also training to become a referee for high school basketball. Oh, wow. Isn't that a good idea? A great idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So not Mm -hmm. only is he doing college, he's talking about law school. And then he's also fulfilling like this basketball dream that he has. He wanted to get his law degree. And then he eventually wanted to do something in like sports agency work. That was his main goal. He had a very close-knit circle of friends, and he was extremely generous and loyal. The word gentle is used so many times to describe him Mm -hmm. that, like, everyone said that about him. His mom, Mm -hmm. his friends, his teachers. Like, he was just a really gentle. He kind of reminds me of your oldest a little bit. I was literally, that's who just popped into my head, like. That's it sounds just like him. Yeah, like big <laughs> dreams, really smart, but like so soft spoken and gentle, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. On November 6th of 2010, so this was a Saturday, Bobby went with his family to a play at their church called Being Bullied. Oh. His grandmother was the producer of the play, so they all went to like support her. And oh, it's just like this little like church local mm-hmm. play. So after the play was over, Bobby had plans to attend a party at his friend's house. So this was a female friend from his high school, and she and her sister were having a small party. They had invited about 10 or 12 people to their house, Mm -hmm. and Bobby was one of them. So Bobby's 18 years old at the time. He still lived at home with his mom, but he's 18. But she gave him a curfew of 2 a.m., So she was like, which is totally fair. I mean, he's 18, Mm -hmm. he's grown up, but she's like, look, you still live in my house. That means I'm going to worry about where you are. If you go past two o'clock, I'm going to be worried. So try to be home. Yeah, I totally understand. Right. Mm -hmm. So Bobby got in his car and drove to the party. Also, nothing good ever happens after 2 a.m. anyway. I think it's like 1 a.m. actually. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> in my midnight. Experience. Let's push it back to midnight. <laughs> <laughs> when you're 18, you can go to yeah, 1. No. But like, mm-hmm. anyway. Okay, so this small party ended up getting blasted on social media. Oh, and man. all of these people that were not invited started showing up. What year was this again? I'm sorry. 2010. Okay. Okay. So by the time the girl's mom got home... There were somewhere between 60 and 80 people at her house. Whoa, that's way more than 12. (laughs) Really out of control. And I saw in one source that the girl's mom maybe didn't even know that the party was happening. Like even the small 12 person one? Right. Like period she didn't know. And so so that wasn't clear. It wasn't clear she like didn't know about the 60 to 80 people or she didn't know about the 10 to 12 
So that's why I say it's just one source and I'm not sure. But like either way, you come home to your house and there's 60 or 80 people like you would be 50 shades of pissed. (laughs) Uh, uh Uh-huh. Oh, for real. I can't imagine like what you would do. Actually, I kind of want to (laughs) see. Something along the lines of when I can't find the remote and nobody's in the house, I'd just be screaming. <laughs> well, this mama called the cops. <laughs> oh, heck yes. Get them out. Cool. So how are you going to wrangle that many people yourself? Right. You need you need reinforcements. She, call, she called in reinforcements via law enforcement. And they came out and they asked everyone to leave the party and the property. So they were like, you don't got to go home. But you can't stay here. Can't stay here, <laughs> Mama said. So as everyone left the party, they didn't go home. Instead, they congregated on the street outside the house. So they just like moved, which is a real bad idea. Yeah. So it's getting late into the night at this point, And there's a bunch of kids just in the street doing whatever. And some girls started fighting. Like yeah, physically fighting. Fight. Yes, exactly. A cat fight. I think I say that. <laughs> And this other guy who was at the party, his name was Emmanuel Boykins. He was just 18, too. He jumped in the middle to try to separate the girls, mm-hmm. which, I mean, that was brave. And yeah. while, he, <laughs> while he was, the girls are mean. They are. Mean. Mm-hmm. While he jumped in, I think he might have been friends with one of them. And so he was just like trying to break them up. But he got hit in the head or hit in the middle oh. of this fight, cat fight. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty hard and it hurt him and it made him mad. <laughs> so he looked at his friend and he said, they just hit me. I'm not going to hit a female, but I need to punch somebody. So the next man that I see is going to get a beat down. Stop. That's what he said. As he said that, he looked over and he saw our Bobby Tillman. No. Leaning up against a car, talking to his friends. Like he wasn't looking at him, watching him, nothing. Trigger warning, because this is disturbing. Emmanuel took off and ran up to Bobby and began punching him. What in the world? So Bobby is like that. He's like, what? Who are you? First of all, like, what are you doing? He's trying to get away from him. But Emmanuel just kept punching him and he beat him to the ground. Once he was on the ground, three of Emmanuel's friends joined in what for what for (laughs) so this is horace coleman quantez mallory and tracy and tracen franklin and clearly there's alcohol involved in this you know what i don't know and i saw in one source which i maybe could but i'll tell you now that they didn't test them for alcohol so i don't know So Bobby is already beaten badly. He's on the ground and he's laying there. And these four teenage boys kicked and stomped on him repeatedly. And what are his friends? Bobby was standing around with his friends. What are his friends doing? Well, I mean, at first they were like, what is going on? Like they're stunned. You know, it's happening very quickly. Eventually they were able to pull these boys off of Bobby. Mm -hmm. But by that time it was already too late. Oh, my gosh. Bobby was shaking. He had foam coming from his mouth, and he was completely unresponsive. Oh, my word. So Bobby was taken to the hospital and was pronounced dead at the age of 18. 
Holy cow. I don't even have words for this. Isn't that like, like your worst nightmare ever? Yeah. As a mom no, or a, not, a human? Not provoked in the least. I mean, yes, that may, that kid was provoked because a girl hit him. and he, But he just chose someone at random. Literally. To take his frustration out on. Yep. And then these other people who didn't even know what was going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Just because they're like, hey, oh, that's my friend. Let's go help yeah. him out. Fight. I mean, you can hear it. We've all been there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when the 911 calls started coming in, police were like, we were just there. We kicked right. it all out. These police show up and rounded every single person up into a bus. Took them all to the police station. There was 57 kids. Whoa. They were like, none of y'all are leaving. Every single one of you are going to tell me what happened here. So all 57 witnesses told the exact same story. That Bobby was minding his own business. That this guy had gotten hit. What he said about he was going to beat somebody down. That the attack was completely unprovoked. That he was chosen at random. Literally beaten to death for no reason. Gosh. All of the witnesses identified the four attackers. Either they knew them and said it was these guys, or they said this is what they looked like and this is what they were wearing. And that all matched. So Emmanuel, Horace, Quantes, and Trayson were all identified. They were all shown like identified in photo lineups, everything. Like they knew exactly mm-hmm. who they were. So they just went and arrested them right away. Wow. Like found wow. them wherever they were. Meanwhile, Bobby's mom, Monique, was at home waiting for Bobby. Oh, that poor mom. All she knows is he's at a party. Right. So once 2 a.m. hit and he wasn't there, she texted him and she called him, but she couldn't reach him, which was very, very unlike Bobby. He Mm -hmm. He always answered his phone for his mom. What time was this all, like, did this all go down? So I'm not sure what time he... I know it was after midnight and before two. Okay. But I don't okay. know exactly what time. So then her daughter comes in and she said that Bobby's friend was on the phone and wanted to speak to her. Mm-hmm. So Bobby's friend had called his sister and said, I need to speak to your mom. Mm. Gosh. So mom picks up the phone and Bobby's friend said, Miss Monique, Bobby was jumped and he's in critical condition. So, Mo- because he didn't know. Oh, he, he didn't know he had been pronounced dead. No, yet. because that happened at the hospital. Okay, got it. So she called 911. She, like, is gathering her stuff, getting ready to leave because he said they took him to the hospital. And so she's getting ready to leave. She calls 911 and she's like, listen, I, I don't know what's going on, but I just got this phone call about my son and they said he was, somebody jumped him and he was hurt and he's at the hospital. Can you tell me anything about him? And the 911, off, they're like, hang on a minute. Let me figure out what's going on. And then she's like, don't leave. An investigator is on their way to your house. Mm. So you can imagine your mm-hmm. heart would just sink into your stomach. And you, I mean, you would know. Right. And yeah. she did. She said she knew. So the investigator comes out and they tell her that her son had been brutally murdered. An autopsy, I know. An autopsy was done. And, and I'm sorry to have to say this. Bobby's cause of death was listed as a laceration to the heart. 
caused by a blunt impact to the chest. So what happened was he had been kicked and stomped so brutally that it broke one of his ribs. And then the bone pierced his heart. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So he had awful. Awful. He also had severe trauma to his head and face, but that would not have killed him. He would have survived that. If he hadn't been kicked and stomped on while he was on the ground, he would have lived. Like wow. there was no nothing else severe enough to have killed him. So holy cow. All four of the men, boy, I don't even know what to call them, were ch- murderers. Were charged with malice murder and felony murder, and they were all tried as adults. Do you know what those are? Malice. Uh, I feel like I I know I've heard it, but it- Remind me. <laughs> so malice murder is just defined as a murder committed with the specific intent to kill or with specific intent to cause serious bodily harm. Okay. Can be premeditated or like a spur of the moment thing. Seems like it fits. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Felony murder is just a homicide committed during the commission of a felony. So you can have, so the felony murder in this case was, because a homicide was committed while malice murder was taking place. But like right. armed robbery is felony murder because you're not allowed to rob someone with a gun. And so if they get killed, you can get charged with felony murder because you were committing a felony when they were killed. Got it. So it's like a little attachment to it. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of people came out to mourn the loss of Bobby. They held vigils, candlelight services. They paid tribute to his life. He was beloved. He like became everyone's son Mm -hmm, in this community. mm -hmm. His mom immediately began speaking out against violence and bullying in teens and young adults. So I watched interviews, one specifically that she gave days after his murder. And these are like sit down 20 minute interviews. And she goes into detail about what happened that night and her perspective. And that's how I learned the whole thing about her calling 911 and the friend calling the sister. And she talks about it all. She relives it all days after his wow. murder. Her strength, like you, you just have, I mean, you have to watch them. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, I can't even tell you how amazing okay. of a woman she is. So 18 year old Emmanuel Boykins. So he's the one who, first came and started attacking Bobby. He pled guilty in April of 2012 to felony murder as a part of a plea deal to avoid the death penalty. Okay. He pled out. He didn't want the death Mm -hmm. penalty. So he was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 30 years. Okay. I mean, clearly (laughs) he would have gotten the death penalty if it had gone to like on trial because there was 57 witnesses saying the same thing. Right. Yeah. So he'll be 49 when he's eligible for parole. Wow. Wow. So 18-year-old Trayson Franklin was convicted of both malice and felony murder in September of 2012, and he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. They were seeking the death penalty for these other three, and they did not get it. Oh. Yeah. And I Oh, that's surprising, clearly, because I thought that the other one would have gotten it had it gone to trial. All they sought it in all three. And all of them just got life in prison. 
So Quantes Mallory and Horace Coleman were tried together. And both of them were found guilty of malice murder and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. So the one guy who started the fight will be right. out in 30 years, potentially. Mm-hmm. However, it was said that that initial beating would not have killed him. It it's was the guy who was on the ground and jumped in. And I think that Emmanuel's, they could not prove that he kicked and stomped on him. Okay. Like it almost seemed like he was beating the guy and then everyone else jumped in and he was like, whoa. And then before it was stopped, it was too late. Okay. All right. So, but we don't know. We don't know mm-hmm. for sure. But I, well, the reason why I said that's why I think they didn't get the death penalty, but I don't know. Right. Okay. And like, there's so many people involved, like who, who was the one yeah. that threw the last blow or the one that actually killed. It that, doesn't matter. Yeah. These people all need to be in prison. And I think it is unfortunate that the guy who started it. It's like a lesser sentence. I just think it's wrong. I have a feeling there'll be a lot of people at that guy's parole hearing, like saying, hey, no, he shouldn't be because everybody else is still in without this possibility. And, right. you know, he was part of it. So you, hopefully like he won't get granted parole. I don't know. Yeah. But it'll be 49, which is, I mean, that's still young. You still mm-hmm. have a life. Yeah. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. Anyway, when when they were asked what Bobby did to provoke the attack on him and his murder, Trayson, one of the guys, said, this is a quote, he didn't do nothing. He didn't have to do nothing. He was just there. So, like, Lord even he admitted, like, yeah, he died for literally no reason. Mm-hmm. So, Gosh. Bobby's mom... Monique started a foundation called the Bobby Tillman Foundation or BFAM for short, which stands for Bobby's Mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. This organization provides resources and brings awareness to bullied teenagers and teen violence. They provide scholarships to their local seniors. They provide school supplies. They hold 5Ks to bring awareness. Monique speaks at local churches and schools and venues to bring awareness of bullying and to promote healthy choices. BFAM's mission statement says, quote, to nurture the spirits of our youth, to promote peace, respect, along with self-love, and to teach our youth how to allow their voices to be heard. Their, like, slogan, which is on their shirts, is strength equals me. Oh. I know. I think it's cute. The shirts are cute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In November of 2021, around the 11-year anniversary of Bobby's murder, a conference room in Douglasville Courthouse was named after Bobby. Wow. The district attorney that worked with Bobby's family throughout all of the trials, and he like became really close with them and advocated for Bobby like really well. He spoke at the dedication ceremony and he said, we are taking the tragic, tragic loss of a beautiful life and turning it into a celebration of possibility and purpose. Bobby's mom is quoted as saying, Bobby crossed the finish line of a race that we're all still running. Oh. So his mom is really active on their Facebook page, which mm-hmm. is called RIP Bobby Tillman. She posts videos and um, 
quotes and Bible verses and stuff a lot. And if you are so inclined, I recommend that you go and watch some of her videos because I just can't, you just have to watch, you have to see her mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying. She is how he's described like soft-spoken and gentle, but like a freaking warrior. She's so strong and she's so, she has this like positivity and purpose that she has t- turned this tragedy into. It's like, yeah. I can't wrap my head around her. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. feel like I would be grief stricken and angry and bitter. And she just isn't. Right. She just isn't. I, She's like, I refuse to let that, those ugly feelings be Bobby's legacy. Yeah. It's so amazing when we've come across like family members like that. What was the case recently that I was just amazed by his family members after the fact? Oh my gosh. I can't remember who it was. Holy cow. It's escaping me. Uh, and how grace, graceful they were with the daughter of the murderer. Maybe it was on our Patreon. I don't know. Oh, I remember who you're talking about now. Remember? Who oh, um, oh, still escaping me. Uh, Timothy Coggins. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. S- reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. Like that. Just like I'm amazed at how amazing they are mm-hmm. and like strong and how they can just turn this into so much more yeah. <laughs> than just like grieving this loss. Yeah. Yeah, it, it won't die with that day. Bobby yeah. won't die right. with that day. Mm-hmm. And anyway, he would be really proud of her, I feel like, and what she's done with his mm-hmm. story and his life. So that is the case of Bobby Tillman. How in the world have we not heard of this? Isn't it like, amazing? What? That was the most amazing thing to me, too. Like every now and then when I do some of these small cases, I will go and I will look at to see if there has ever been a podcast episode done. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, somebody's talking about this. Right. Even the foundation is big in that area. Yeah. Like, somebody's talking about this. Somebody has heard of this, of this young man and his story. Right. Nothing. There's no, you, there's maybe three YouTube videos about it. And I think they're from his mom. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're so good too. Oh my gosh, there's one that's like a tribute video and it shows all the pictures of him when he was a kid. And like, oh, that's how, where I saw some of the home videos. Should have reached out to his mom. I know, I know. <laughs> maybe I will. Well, maybe you still can. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. This does, I mean, you know, like we, we record these way in advance. We could always add something to it if we need to. Yeah. Or do something anyway. on Patreon. Maybe I right, will. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I'll link all of that stuff and all those videos and everything if you want to go and see, which I really actually want you to. I just want you to see his mom. I want you to see what, because like I said, I think they must have been very alike and you can see him through her Mm -hmm. if it makes any sense. Like everything that everyone says about him, they would say the exact same thing about her. Right. And Mm -hmm. so you can really get a glimpse, I feel like, into what kind of a person that he was through what kind of a person she is. Right. Right. Wow. Well, gosh, I'm so glad that you went back yeah, to your notes to see if you could make this work because I for sure am glad that you're getting it out there because this senseless, along with so many others in the world, murder mm-hmm. for legitimately no reason. Yep. Because some kid was mad. Because of a cat bite? I don't even know yeah, what it, what it came down because to. of. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It makes me 
I don't know. I, I honestly don't know how we constantly talk to each other about these stories and we don't just like crawl into a hole with our families. I know. And like never come out. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's gosh, particularly it scary. Like you yeah. think you've done it. He's graduated high school. He's on a great path. Right. He's a good kid. He has great friends. Like, yeah, he's going to hang out with his friends. So big deal. Yeah. Oh, well. And I really, well, I tried also, just so y'all know, to delve into the pasts of these other boys, these four boys, just to see like what instilled such anger and hate in them. Mm-hmm. And there's just not very much there. I mean, I saw interviews with them, all four of them, where they're talking about it and they seem well-spoken and I mean, I, I don't even know. I don't have any, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Right. Right. Yeah. Gosh. Well, thank you so much for looking into it. Thank you. Crimes and roses for sending it our way. Crime and roses. Yes. <laughs> we say crime. You're welcome. Danielle and Megan. Yes. Thank you there. ladies. And thank you for okay. sending over the articles. They were a great help. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, if, let us know what you think about this. Uh, find us on social media. If you want to join our Patreon, we have links in our bio on Instagram and on our Facebook page. Yes. It's a link tree link. And within that link, it will bring you to all the links to find us all the places. So Patreon is our first one within that link. So go ahead, click them, join our Patreon. We do some fun stuff over there too. Uh, and just always remember, the world is scary. People suck. Really, really bad. They suck. Hide in your closets. <laughs>